Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Episode 2, U District Society. Mrs. Molly Jerry was given the task of organizing a Christian science church in the University District, a rapidly developing community surrounding the University of Washington College campus in Northeast Seattle. On Friday, October 23, 1914, at 8.30 p.m., a meeting was convened at the Jerry residence on 16th Avenue Northeast by Ravenna Park. Mrs. Jerry's husband was the Honorable Robert Jerry, a former Washington state legislator who had served three terms in the House of Representatives and continued to be active in political circles. Perhaps because of his influence, this group would follow proper democratic rules of order and take careful minutes from its very first meeting. They began by electing a chair and a secretary. The chair, Mrs. Columbus, took control of the meeting. Then the secretary, Mr. Rice, read aloud a letter from the board of directors of the First Christian Science Church in Seattle. First Church of Christ Scientist Seattle, addressed to its members living in the University District, a letter that everyone in attendance had just received. The board was recommending they all withdraw their membership and form their own separate organization because it was too crowded at First Church. Most of them were relatively new to Christian science, Mrs. Jerry had been raised in the Methodist Church. After marrying and moving to Pasco in southeast Washington, Mrs. Jerry experienced a life-changing healing, which she publicly shared. At one time I was taken very sick, and my husband insisted upon calling a doctor who made an examination and seemed to think there was small chance for recovery. We then telegraphed to a Christian science practitioner who came a distance of 250 miles and treated me, with the result that in four or five days I was up and attending to my regular duties. For more than six months, the doctor would go out of his way to meet and speak to me. He told my sister-in-law that I was the most remarkable woman he had ever seen, that any other woman would have died." She attributed her recovery not to any special strength of her own, but to the effectiveness of prayer. Much of her family became interested in Christian science along with her. Her Methodist minister father, Rev. Jacob Geisentanner, became a full-time practitioner of Christian science healing, advertising his services in the Christian Science Journal with office hours from 9 a.m. to noon daily in his home on Queen Anne Hill. Now on this late October evening in 1914, the Jerry home was full of Christian scientists. The idea of forming a new church in the university district 
had been discussed at a meeting of all the boards of the Christian Science Churches of Seattle. They agreed it was a forward step, which would mean expansion and growth. The U District group was perhaps an especially youthful one, some of them recent graduates of the University of Washington, some recent graduates of the Christian Science Sunday School for Children, Mrs. Jerry, mother of five children, ranging from seven to 19, would initially be their motherly guide for organizing. A couple of weeks later, on Tuesday, November 10th, this group met again at the College Inn at the corner of 40th Street at 14th Avenue Northeast, a street that would soon be renamed through a Chamber of Commerce contest, University Way, and eventually dubbed the Ave. With Mrs. Columbus again acting as chair, the group formally organized as the University District Christian Science Society. They elected a five-member board, including Mrs. Jerry. Their elected first reader was Mrs. Ella Hensley, perhaps one of the most experienced Christian scientists in the group. Besides having been a member at First Church Seattle for the past five years, she had previous branch church experience in Iowa. She was the only journalisted practitioner among these charter members. Mrs. Hensley lived nearby at the corner of 50th and Brooklyn with her lumber salesman husband and their eight children. Their elected second reader was Byron Renshaw, a businessman and a family man with young children. After the elections, a collection was taken, resulting in total contributions of $14.31 towards expenses. $4.50 of which was owed to the College Inn for the meeting space. It was the first act of financial support for the church they were just starting to build. They were not merely forming an organization. They were joining a revolution. Echoing the spirit of 1776, the preamble of their initial bylaws was reminiscent of the American Declaration of Independence. We, the undersigned, do hereby pledge our loyalty, our time, and our money, as far as our circumstances will permit, to its support in the upholding and upbuilding of the Christian science religion, not only through this organization, but by our daily lives knowing that it is through our daily lives that we are able to demonstrate Emmanuel, or God with us. To secure these ends, we further pledge ourselves to work together harmoniously and lovingly, striving to emulate and obey the life and teachings of our beloved Master and Way-Shower, Jesus Christ. In their revolutionary work, they felt a need to build a visible structure worthy of the cause they had committed to, a church edifice as elegant as the one recently completed on Capitol Hill. In the meantime, they rented the University Masonic Hall on University Way for $45 a month. They decided to hold their first public church service on November 29th the Sunday after the Thanksgiving Day holiday. 
members worked on publicity, including sending out personal invitations to anyone they thought might be interested. They had 24 placards printed and put notices in the daily papers. And they prayed steadily. The furnishings for their hall were modest. They used a homemade pulpit. The weather-beaten chairs had recently been through a fire. The 300 seats represented what they believed a very optimistic estimate of the number of people who might attend, but it was standing room only at the first service. The opening was remembered as joyously successful by the members. Next, they got to work organizing their first Sunday school session for children and acquiring more chairs. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.